Remember that thing? Yeah. On top of old Smokey, huh? All right, big fans. From Greenville, South Carolina's Memorial Auditorium, welcome to another action-packed, exciting hour of Smokey Mountain Wrestling. Wrestling the way it used to be and the way you like it. Welcome to On Top of Old Smokey, brought to you by Spot Monkey Productions. We are the podcast that covers Smoky Mountain Wrestling from its humble beginnings to its eventual demise. I am your host, Luki Libre, and I am here with my co-host, the Sultan of Storytelling, Mr. Alex Khalil. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. I am ready to do some diving into some classic Tennessee style wrestling. wrestling. Some wrestling. By the way, I'm, I'm, we're gonna. There's some plenty of wrestling on this show here. I, oh I, yes, I have, there is. I have no. We will talk about that. This is this is fascinating because I am a huge. Let, let's talk about like why we're doing this. Okay. I am a huge Jim Cornette fan. I think he is a very very entertaining person. I think his storytelling is great. He's a funny guy. He's got a great mind for wrestling. And I've always heard him talk about Smoky Mountain Wrestling and this and that and how great it was. And, you know, this and, and like I heard from other people like, oh, yeah, it was great. And I'm so like, finally, I'm like, you know what? Jim talks a lot about modern wrestling and how much he hates it and disdains it. What would it be like if we saw exactly what his vision of wrestling should be? And we got it here with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Honestly, I'd love to have done OVW, which she also booked in the early 2000s, but it's not available and it's hard to come by, so screw it. And this is actually more fun because this is wrestlers we do not know. Right. Mostly. Like, there's a few names like, oh, yeah, I know him, you know. So we really are being introduced as new fans. Yeah, like, because, like, you know, like we know who John Cena and Batista eventually become, but, like, with Smoky Mountain Wrestling, like, there's a lot of names that came past through, but, like, there's also a ton of, like, who is, who, who are these people? Like, who, like, why should I care about them? So, like, you know, let's see if, if Mr. Cornette's booking and storytelling can make us care about these people that are supposedly big stars in the South. Uh, yeah, and, well, I, also, I know that you've already probably sparked a little controversy by just saying that you're a big fan of Jim Cornette. Yeah, probably. Because, he, obviously, he's a, he's a guy that he runs his mouth a lot, and he says some things that are not – I don't – we both don't agree with, you know. And that's, and that's part of the impetus of this podcast is that we – like, I always enjoyed his podcast. I respected his opinion. I loved him in ROH the first time. Uh, the second time was the yeah, second time was when we started to see some of the cracks and be like, uh, maybe he's not flaws. like, yeah, the maybe he's not flawless, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, but then now you can't even enjoy his podcast because he's so he, he's so ingrained in the hatred for the new stuff. Like he, he so I want to see like he wants to see it presented as a sport. So let's see what that means to right. him. He can't even like talk about old wrestling without bringing up modern stuff and taking shots at them. It's like okay, like. You know, is this old stuff that's supposedly the real wrestling as good as it it holds up in the state standards? Right, right. And I'm excited to find out because, like, if it's it's as good as everybody says sporty sporty wrestling is, 
I am excited. So yeah, I'm I'm curious. And like I said, I know that like I know some of the things we have coming up. I'm a as I've said, I'm a big Jim Cornette fan, so I've listened to plenty of him his podcast where he talks about uh, smoking mountain wrestling. So I'm going to be able to dive in and give you a little bit of like tidbits and like little Easter eggs of trivia that you might not know, but I know from being a a Cornette fan. And uh, you know if that makes me controversial, so be it. I'll I'll be the the, the, the controversial co-host. Oh, boy. Well, why don't you start us off there, co-host, with uh, some of the history of Smoky Mountain Wrestling and what got us to this point. Okay, very well. <clears throat> Smoky Mountain Wrestling, the brainchild of Jim Cornette, frustrated with the booking and direction of WCW in the late 80s and early 90s, mainly because of uh, WCW president Jim Hurd and his ideas or lack of ideas, whatever you want to call them, Cornette started to plan out a wrestling territory based in Knoxville, Tennessee. His plan is to utilize the smaller towns of the surrounding states, uh, like the Appalachian areas of Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, that are still drawing big houses in, uh, for WCW and are full of old-school wrestling fans, and with the help of local television, make a small old-school wrestling territory much like you would have seen in the 60s and 70s and even the 80s. Cornette uses his friendship with record producer Rick Rubin and their, and their mutual desire for a more classic wrestling territory and their disdain for how WWF and WCW were being presented on television at the time to get him to be the financial backer for the company. Actually, fun fact here. like So Rick Rubin met Cornette because he was... Are you familiar with Rick Rubin at all? No. He's a pretty famous record producer. Like he's worked with Big Jagger, Elf, oh, okay. and uh, oh, yes, Johnny Cash, and huge names. Yeah. But he was a big wrestling fan, and he had two people he loved more than anything else. One was Jim Cornette. So they met, they became friends, and they kept in touch. And we'll get to the second one in a minute. Oh, okay. I was going to ask. In October of 1990, Cornette says, fuck it, and quits WCW. Over the next year, alongside Midnight Express member Stan Lane and former wrestler turned office executive Sandy Scott, they formed Smoky Mountain Wrestling. The inaugural Smoky Mountain Wrestling television taping, which we are going to be looking at today, took place on October 30th, 1991. Fun fact, it's actually literally a year to the day of Cornette quitting WCW. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. That is that's pretty cool. cool. This show will be taking place at a Bobby Fulton-run independent wrestling show. Uh, Cornette was literally booked for the show and decided to, they wanted to tape a few episodes of Smoky Mountain Wrestling to then show to local television stations and try to get on network. So actually the show did not air until February 1st, 1992. Okay. So, uh, but by the way, uh, do you want to take a guess at the attendance for the show? Ooh, man. Uh, let's say 350. 250. So 250. close. Okay. So, uh, but, so I mentioned Sandy Rubin, or Rick Rubin had one other favorite wrestling personality. Any guesses on who that personality was? And yeah. particularly... In 1992, or 91, sorry, like, who was available that Rick Rubin would have really wanted for Smoky Mountain Wrestling? 1992. 91, sorry. 91. Well, I, I'm, I'm terrible with the dates, but I'm going to guess Rick Flair. You are correct. All right. Rick Rubin tried to get Rick Flair for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Basically, what they did was Rick Flair had left WCW with the WCW title in the famous angle where he went to WF and became the real world champion. Uh, Rick Rubin basically, before Flair announced he was going to WF, Rubin basically told Cornette to offer Flair uh, like 10 grand a sh uh, once a month to come to a sh do a show for Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So basically it was like, 
Flair come in and do a television taping or a big show once a month, and then the rest of the month he can fuck off and go to Japan and do whatever he wants. Okay. That would have been pretty... That would have been amazing. Yeah, that would have been Dude, totally could you, different. Could you imagine if Ric Flair, with the WCW title, showed up in Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> the thing is, he would, like... He'd stick out uh, like a sword. The, yeah, like <laughs> above everybody else. And so, unfortunately, we did not get that. But like, what could have been? Right. Like, exactly. Um, so, is that how we that, caught that up? Is, that, that is the introduction to Smoking Marijuana. You are now caught up, and are, we are ready to begin the show. Let's do it then. Okay. You want you want me to, to give you the breakdown? Let's break it down. Uh, okay. Kick off with a generic game show music. <laughs> Just weird music. Like, it sounded, it, it reminded me, you know that golf game in, like, bars that has oh, the rolly ball? Yes. It, that, it reminds me of that, like, to a T. Very close to it. Spinning opener. Um, we, we get our, our, meet our commentators for the day, Bob Cottle and Jim, or, uh, sorry, Dutch Mantap. Dirty, Dirty Dutch. Dutch. <laughs> Looking just fully dressed in gimmick. It, what, it, like, he looks like he came straight from the Alamo. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Um, by the way, do you want to mention, like, your biggest critique with the intro to the show? You the fact that, oh, yes, this, I think I know what you're talking about, but the, as soon as they open it up, they go, welcome back to another episode of Smokey Mountain Rattling. And it's like, this is your first fucking episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, what's funny is they're, they're trying to trick you into believing like, oh yeah, this has been on all the time and we're like really good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. It's carny. It's great. Yes. It's amazing. It was funny because like you messaged me like, hey, are you sure this is the first episode? He <laughs> yeah. like, got me. I'm the mark. Here. Uh, by the way, his, his tagline for Smoky Mountain Wrestling is wrestling the way it's supposed to be presented and the way you like it. So, just just to gear you up for what we had in mind. Great. So, uh, we're going to like it, no matter what. And then we go to the first match. Cue the music from the Sandlot. <laughs> Did you yeah. catch this? Yes. Yes. It, it, it's, great. it's the music when the preppy kids show up to hassle the, the Sandlot crew. Yes, <laughs> it was. And out comes this guy, Killer Kyle, dressed in a full, like, suit, carrying a violin case. <laughs> yeah, was he? And I think he's supposed to be like this... Like he's like a hitman mobster. Yeah, he's thing. supposed to be like a hitman from New York. That like the Dutch really turns a hammer at home. Like oh, he's a dangerous fella. Yeah. How dangerous can he be when he comes out to the? Ding, 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 yeah, you couldn't have gotten anything a little bit more like more, more intimidating. Exactly. Like what mobster walks around to that to listen to the fucking Sandlot theme song? <laughs> it's his favorite movie. I don't know. Okay. He's taking on Robert Gibson of the Rock and Roll Express. I mentioned. Rock and Roll Express, because literally his nickname is Rock and Roll Express Robert Gibson. <laughs> yeah, just so you know. <laughs> hammer home the fact that he is a part of the Rock and Roll Express. And he comes in wearing a hobo jacket. That's all I can say. It wasn't a great jacket, but to his credit, the ladies in the crowd just popped. Oh, like, they blew up. <laughs> not an attractive man. The humidity man. level went up in that yeah, building. Not an attractive man, though. I'm sorry. I never understood what people saw in him. Or Ricky Morton. Like, yeah. I never understood. Like, they're not good-looking men at all. I mean, when they started, they were young and... I guess. They were rockers, man. <laughs> they, they rocked a little too hard. Yeah. You know, hey, I love them. They're still, they're still yeah. out there having matches. Uh, they're, they're but it is a quandary. I, I don't know. No so, the, so, the match begins, and commentary puts over Kyle as a street fighter as he just has basic wrestling matches. Yeah, which means he punches. And, no, no, and headlocks. And headlock, yes. Big time headlocks. Yes. And also his wrestling gear. 
He's it, wrestling in a suit. And well, this is a 90s mm-hmm. suit, so it's baggy as hell. So he's got these suspenders and this horribly ill-fitting white shirt. It's yeah. just like all coming untucked. It's like, jeez, dude. Yeah. So the story of the match is Kyle is the bigger, stronger guy, and, and Robert Gibson has to uh, use his speed and quickness to take him down. Including, a, they did the classic, run the ropes, shoulder block, nothing. Run the ropes, shoulder block, nothing. And then, I've never seen this before, Robert Gibson runs the ropes, jumps, wraps his arms around his neck and takes him down. Yeah. Like, it's like a jumping headlock takedown. Uh, Kyle gets up, fixes his collar, and does, like, the old-timey fists and cuffs, like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, Fighting Irish. Yeah. <laughs> why, 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 I wanna... Yeah. <laughs> but the fact he fixed the collar and the shirt, amazing. Yeah. Dedication. Right Dedication. Oh, uh, okay. Gibson goes into the post, and uh, Kyle works the arm, you know, that get you set. And then we get a weird, like, so he runs, tosses him into the opposite corner. Kyle runs in. Gibson tries to, like, leap over him, doesn't quite clear it smoothly, and then does a shit sunset flip to pin Kyle. And so, Robert Gibson, your winner in the opening contest. Yeah, very basic, man. Very basic. Extremely basic. And also, uh, what one of my notes here is... Pretty much the only note I have for this match is Gibson carried this one. Killer did no moves. Yes. he He's a classic big man, which means he does not do wrestling moves. And I, I feel like I, you're going to hear me say this a lot, but if you were a child growing up and you wanted to be a wrestler mm-hmm. and you did like backyard wrestling or you like to wrestle... Did you not do moves? Like, 100%. what were you doing? Like, no, no, me, me and my brother were doing, like, scoop slams and suplexes all the time. So what were these kids? Like, they just want, man, I want to be a wrestler so I can throw a big punch. Apparently, Very odd. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, going to the back, we got a promo from the Fantastics. Uh, Bobby Fulton and his brother, uh, was it, what was the brother's name? Jackie. Jackie Fulton. <laughs> He's <laughs> prepared. Uh, first of all, state of their hair and oh my clothing. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, but like, I saw, took one look at these guys and I was like, oh no, these are top baby faces. <laughs> From <laughs> tucked in shirt. Oh my gosh. And the promo, the state of their promo. Was it Bobby? He says, uh, he says this. I mean, a killer line really sticks it to him. He goes, we can take a licking and keep on taking. <laughs> yeah. I'm terrified. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Like, it's, I thought the promo was fine. It did, but it did, like, it's like, I'm like, these are supposed to be, like, top baby faces. Like, no, I don't buy for a minute. No, these are Boy Scout. Like, this is a Boy Scout promo. You know, like, they're right. they're good American boys mm. with Nice blonde moments. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. So make keep a, a, ta- a mental tally of how many blonde mullets <laughs> we see on the first show. My God. Here's two right here. Then we go to another promo with Bob Armstrong, the, the commissioner of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, just, <laughs> Bob, Bob shows up like, looking like red green. <laughs> he looked like a vice principal. Uh, oh, geez, I thought he was, yeah. Oh my god! Like no like shop his, teacher. His <laughs> he even had a freaking pen. He had the pen in my pocket. He, he had a shirt that was two sizes too small. This guy and the fucking tie. 
Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he goes over basically Smoky Mountain Wrestling. We're going to be very serious here. There will be fines. There will be rules in force. For instance, you can't throw someone over the top rope. So, okay. So I liked this, this segment. Th- this was great because it established very quickly who the authority figure is, that there are rules, they're going to be enforced, and if you don't follow the rules, then Bob Armstrong's going to come down there and give you a whack. Yeah, rule. give you a freaking noogie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's it was great. Like, immediately you know, okay, this is what's up. This is yes. not what I'm, I can expect. Great stuff. Uh, Bob Armstrong, get ready for him, man. We're going to have lots of Bob Armstrong in the future. So the rules that he laid out are no over-the-top rope, Hate that rule. Awful. So, like, it means, like, as soon as they say it, it's like, so no high spots. Yeah. Uh, no foreign objects, but that's fine. That's fine. That makes sense. It's classic wrestling. And no touching the ref, which is also fine. Again, I appreciate, those are those are rules I can appreciate. The the no throwing people at the top rope, what the fuck, where, where is that ever, where did that come from in wrestling? Like, that makes no sense. It's, it's, it's like the laziest way to try and get heat, you know, and like. Oh, you can't throw him over the top rope, and then so he throws just, him over the top. We just choke him in the rope. How about that? that yeah. There's a way to get heat. It doesn't work anyway. Next match: Barry Horowitz yes. in the ring, the second greatest jobber of all time, behind Brooklyn Brawler. Wow, I don't know. I mean, Brawler, he's more famous. He's also a creep. Really? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. He's okay. a creeper. Okay, but who would uh, you say is the greatest jobber of all time, if not Barry Horowitz or Brooklyn Brawler? Oh man. It's probably one of them, or I'm not. I'm drawing a blank, honestly. But I'm I'm sure that there's like a more recent guy that just takes crazy bumps, you know. James Ellsworth was a pretty good job. Man, you are bringing in all the creepos yeah, in hey, this podcast yeah, you know, in one know. spot. Well, you know Tennessee, Tennessee, man. Yeah, yeah it's true. Uh, amazing thing with Barry Horowitz, his jacket has a handprint for him to pat himself on the back. That's cool. Amazing. I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's so it is perfect for a comedy jobber who's going to get his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Then we get the, the debut of primetime Brian Lee coming out with his blonde mullet. There it is, looking That's like three, looking like Johnny Ace. He did look like Johnny Ace. For a guy, yeah. for a guy who Cornette hated Johnny Ace, he booked a lot of guys that look like Johnny Ace. And I don't know if that was just because like everyone in the late 80s, early 90s had the blonde mullet look, but this guy was a dead ringer for Johnny here's, Ace. Here's something that I, I blows my Maybe I'm just not paying attention, but like, I didn't know there was this many blonde dudes just out. Like, there's so many in wrestling. You, you it's never, crazy. You never see it nowadays, but yeah, back in like the late '80s, early '90s, everyone was blonde. And like, the theory is, you make yourself blonde that way when you get color, it looks okay. that much better. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's like, that's the classic reason why. Uh, commentary is all over Brian Lee. They are jerking this guy. Yeah, they, so they, hard. It's like this is the guy. Pay attention. This is a this is the guy. So, match starts. Uh, Brian Lee very agile for his size. Like got some nice leapfrogs and agility spots. And then he did the shittiest arm drag ever. <laughs> the hip toss. <laughs> yeah, or hip horrible. Yeah. He did a better second one, and then he does an arm lock. And it was the laziest arm lock. It looked like he was just holding Barry Horowitz up after another drinking, like, and steadying him. Yeah, you could tell very clearly that Lee was green. Green. Like, he didn't know how to, like, emote. A a classic cornet saying, he was as green as a pepper tree. Yes. It's true. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Horowitz looked great. 
Horowitz was. I was blown away. He he. Horowitz was the star of this match. I was like, sign him. Yeah, he should be one of your heels in this promotion. Um, slow motion crucifix pin attempt, just falling in slow motion. Oh my gosh. Uh, Brian Lee does a with a nice big comeback. Soft strikes, like soft as air. Didn't want to hurt this guy at all. And Horowitz is just bumping like a boss, like he's working around him. Yeah, like for sure. Lee's just standing there. Horowitz is using him as a as a jumping off for his spots. Uh, Lee then picks him up. What looks like the classic Farouk Dominator, then lands on his knees. Yeah, they call it a backbreaker, and that's the finish. They called it the cancellation. So, it's, I want to cancel that move. Yeah, exactly. That move looked like shit. But now I've seen it's a it's a variation of the Colt forty five Colt Cabana's original finisher. Okay, did, did Colt do it better than this? Yeah. Okay, then. The, yeah. If you can't make it look good, don't do it. That was the end of that match. Uh, Prime time, Brian Lee. Not impressive start. No, not looking forward to his stuff. No, I thought you said he was some kind of. You liked him. I, I heard you, he you pepped it. You, you hyped him up to me, and I, I was disappointed. I think disappointed. he's better. You know, <laughs> he can't get worse. Well, you know, don't say that. You that's know. true. That's true. More promos in the back. I kind of like this back and forth, like match promo. Yeah, break it up. Great stuff, actually. Uh, with a Tennessee legend, I know because they told me, Ron Wright. Uh, yeah. Now, again, I've heard of Ron Wright because, again, Cornette talks a lot about him. He is a Tennessee legend, very famous. He's in a wheelchair because he needs a hip replacement. And he needs to sign a guy to be his man, sign up to be a manager, so he can get money to have a hip replacement. I don't know if that is amazing booking or just the saddest thing ever. I it don't, sounds like it's too bad they didn't have GoFundMe back then. The poor guy. <laughs> it just like, I, I think, but here's the thing: like, I think it, I think it's a work, but like, oh, as, yeah. as a but as a work, it's amazing. Like, because it's like, it's like some of them like, oh, is he sympathetic or is he supposed to be like a dirty heel? Right. Like, it's it's actually a nice little bit of mystery about like how this yeah, is and especially out. at the beginning of the show when you're like, it's kind of pathetic. Yeah. You know, but um, in a sad, you know, the sad, give me a crocodile tears mm-hmm. way. You know. Uh, but also right here is when I started noticing Ron Wright uses the term wrestling like seven times in a short sense. Yeah. Like, not, it's. Like, you can just okay, now, change it up. Here's change the, it up, man. Is, is, the, is the term wrestling, like, a actual Tennessee thing, or is it just a way of making fun of Southern wrestling? I think it's a combination of, like, what the way that people said it in the South. Okay. And then people took that, and they're like, oh, wrestling. You know? Okay. Because I, I, I was not sure. Like, like I always heard it as, like, as like a derogatory, like, oh, that, that Southern wrestling stuff. Never actually heard a real person use it as... That's how they say wrestling. Right, yeah. So, I was interested about that. Back to the ring, we got Golden Boy Joe Gray... Gazzari? Kazano? Whatever. Kazanos? He's a nobody. Looked like a fatter, less attractive uh, Dusty Rhodes. That's a heck, a heck of a compliment. From the back of the head. <laughs> like, if you look at him from behind with the blonde hair, it looked like Dusty Rhodes. That's right. true. So, he has another blonde, so. And he's fighting... Tim Horner, White Lightning himself. White Lightning coming out to this. Garth Brooks, baby. <laughs> Thunder Roll. Distract. By the way, uh, Bob Cottle announces him as White Lightning, Tim Lightning. That was like, dang it. Dude, Tim Horner. First time you see him, wrong. Tim Horner is going to be a treasure trove from 
this show. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. But also, he might have been the best wrestler on this show. Oh my <laughs> god! Okay. Do you want to hear the story of how Tim Horner got signed before or after the match? Or after. Okay. okay let's well, get let's get to the this. match. Um, Tim Horner tries a fancy rope spot, like he tries to jump up on the ropes and like turn around and jump over the guy. The ring's too small. <laughs> like no, that's when I realized, man, this ring is small. Yeah, and like Joe was like standing there for like a half a second, like kind of had to like, uh, what do I do? Horner <laughs> jumped over him. Also, just to mention, our blonde mullet. Oh yeah, up to five. Another blonde mullet. Here it is. Uh, back and forth match. Lots of lots of headlocks. Good lord. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what I noticed it. Um, and they, they they have a back and forth match. Tim Horner gets a very nice roll up. I will say with the bridge. With the bridge, that was nice. Oh, it was that was the best finish of the night. It I'll was, say. and I thought Horner he was the most crisp looking guy in the ring. Like his well, in ring wrestling, chain wrestling stuff mm-hmm. didn't look sloppy at all. And he, and he, he did not get a pop though. When he was like the only baby face that did not get a pop. That's true. Poor <laughs> guy. <laughs> well, like and like he is a guy who was a jobber in WWF for a little, little bit of time, and then also in WCW. So. The way Tim Horner got signed was shortly before Jim Cornette left WCW, uh, Horner knew that he was miserable there and like, took him up, like, hey, Jim, I got a guy in Knoxville, Tennessee, where Smoky Mountain is based, that's willing to put up $40,000 to run a wrestling TV show. And then, like, Horner's a local guy, like Morristown, Tennessee, which is like a few miles away. He wanted to be the big local babyface. And Cornette realizes, like, $40,000 is not enough money to run a legitimate wrestling television show. And I'm just going to... you're going to say $40,000 is not enough money to get this guy over. <laughs> well, probably not. <laughs> so, Cornette not wanting, like, the, the Tennessee area to get polluted with a shitty wrestling show basically brought Horner in to be, like, an agent and, like, kind of help, like, basically use him as, like... The local guy, like here, here's what our Tennessee locals sell you the, the promotion to other companies. So, so Jim didn't think he could wrestle. Is no, that- no, no. Jim actually did admit like he was a pretty good Southern style wrestler. Like he could be used to like when guys come in, um, teach them the Southern style, like slow them down and teach them the modern style. Well, I will stand by that he did look the best. Yeah, well, on this show, don't worry. There's but there's gonna be plenty more Tim Horner and plenty. More I can't Horner. wait. There is a Tim Horner moment that I know about. I cannot wait to see how it comes off on television. Okay, I cannot wait. That's a little tease for oh, everybody. It's gonna be amazing. Speaking of Jim Cornette, we get a Cornette the promo man himself, the man, the myth, the legend, and what a promo! He does an amazing promo. Talking about how Smoky Mountain Wrestling is going to be the, the real wrestling. It's going to put to shame all those, uh, the goofy cartoon wrestling companies up north. It was amazing. And he hypes up his new team that's going to come in to replace, because he's like, he puts over the fact, like, everyone knows I was the manager of the Midnight Express and we were the top tag team. Well, just wait till you see my new tag team. This was fantastic. I did. This was a great promo. The one thing I did note is that he's been doing the same one for 25 years since then. Yes. Because it's all all his stuff in WWF when he was cutting those promos. All of the his biggest stuff is him cartoon wrestlers and all if that. If it ain't broke, so, don't fix it. Yeah. And he had, he had the record. And just Cornette looked great here. I, I loved it. Uh, we get 
Paul Miller, another blonde. Oh, one thing that I did notice, they tell you to write to the company and yes. tell us what you think. That, I think, was pretty cool, especially for a local promotion. So, like actually, that, this, so. Was a, this was a, a way of, like, finding out the towns to go touring as well. Yes. Like, based brilliant. on, like, how many ledges you get in and everything like that. Like, that, like okay, we need to go here, you know, and, like, do, do a show. Very bra- that was bright. That was smart. There is some stuff they did, like, that's really genius about how they promoted and used the company. So. Uh, Paul Miller, a generic guy with blonde hair, just another nobody. And then cue generic fighting music. It sounded like a bad cover, like a Mortal Kombat theme song. And out comes the Black Scorpion. Okay, he didn't look bad. He had like a decent look. It was pretty generic, but he had a mask, which everybody masked back then was generic. Okay, so do do you know what this was a reference to? I don't. Okay. Uh, shortly, and like I think it was, I think it might have been like '91, around the same time. Like Sting was the WWE champion, or shortly, I think it was shortly before. I don't remember. And like his first big opponent was this mass man, I mean, who was the Black Scorpion and challenging Sting. Ah. And famously, they had this guy under a mask, and like, who is it? Who is it? Is it Flair? No, it's not Flair. And they had, n- and then they had no idea who was actually going to be under the mask. Oh, they that's booked right. a masked oh, wrestler no, and didn't have an idea who was going to be. So eventually, it did have to be Flair. <laughs> but it wasn't him a bunch of times. But it wasn't times. him a bunch of times. And it's like, so wait, this was supposed to be Flair? No, 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 no. No, no, no. That would have been amazing. This, this is Cornette taking a shot at the shitty WCB booking by having the Black Scorpion in okay. their company. Okay, uh, because it would have been amazing if he was like, we'll put him out there, and then this is our way of getting Flair into the company. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun. Uh, um, you know, match starts up. Miller tries a dropkick, but like Scorpion does like the classic... Runs the ropes, holds on, and Miller does a drop kick and misses. Mm-hmm. Miller landed right on his head. Oh man, he yeah, he just like jumps straight back, right, brains himself. Like it looked bad. It's like I thought for sure he had the bump of the night. It was the bump <laughs> of the night, hundred uh, percent. Scorpion tosses Miller around like it's pretty one sided. They do the Rikishi bump for the clothesline, which I'm like. It was not a good clothesline either. No, and the thing is, is like Scorpion dude, he wrestles like he's older, like he can't move well. He is super basic. He does the only moves he does are are, are like clotheslines, power slams, and clubs. I, I have written here after that. Slam, pose, slam, pose, showing the guns and the crowd. <laughs> they did not make a sound. No, they couldn't give a fuck less. Uh, more posing and slamming until finally does goes for another slam. Schoolboy or small package. Miller wins. He's so fluent. Like, why? Who is this fucking guy? Okay, so the only theory I can have is, like, number one, you had already had, like, a bunch of jobbers losing to, you know, the, the stars. This is the jobber getting the victory over the known name, I guess, the Black Scorpion. You don't need to do that in the first show. And also as a way of Cornette poking fun at, like, you know, WCW, like, here, here's the Black Scorpion from WCW, and, like, you know, that's what I can think of. But yeah, I don't know who this Paul Miller is guy. I've listened to Jim talk about smokebound wrestling. Never comes up in conversation. It was I didn't understand this decision. I mean, and if that is the point, like, oh, we're we're pulling a rib. That's a like stupid. Yeah, you I mean, would get on Russo for doing that. On your first television show, you pull a rib on WCW. Yeah. Okay. WCW does not care. I guarantee. Yeah. But also, another thing is like that's two straight matches with roll ups finishes. No, 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 and there's and the, the opener was a roll up. Yeah, so there's three on the card, two back to back. Yeah, so there, there's one of his. Mm-hmm. That's a complaint I hear him have too about same finishes. Yep. Exactly. There you so. go. Prime time. Brian Lee with a promo backstage uh, talks about the Smoky Mountain t- title tournament coming soon and how he wants to win. 
uh, Dutch interrupts and like does a great job of like basically like Brian like hey yeah you're pretty good but uh, here's what I would have done and this is like coaching him mm-hmm. and Brian just no sells it you know that I, I can't remember what was the did you ever written down like the, the tagline about like you know not quite ready for prime time or what the fuck I, I no I didn't generic babyface line it wasn't he said, yeah he said something about like. Yeah, the difference is if you were in the match, you would have lost, and he storms off. I thought he had like some kind of gimmicky, like prime time line. I'm sure he fit one in there. I, this, I mean, prime time man, he is not ready for no. prime time. He was deer in the headlights here until yeah. Dutch came in, and, and Dutch is weird in this position. Like he's he's kind of like this heel commentator, but he's. I don't know, there, there weren't a lot of heel commentators in the business at that point, so you could tell he's still trying to like flesh it out yeah. a little bit. So and, and well, also he's, he's gonna be wrestling on next week's show as well. Yeah, yeah, that's so, interesting. I look, I want to see that. Yeah, I, I've always ever seen Dutch as a as a manager, never actually a wrestler. I don't think I've ever watched him wrestle once. Well, here we go. We're gonna see it next week. Main event time with Ivan Koloff in the ring, the Russian Bear. Uh, he looked worse for rare. He he looked like he was a little past his prime. Like he looks. Diff, and not, I don't mean like he's throwing punches. I mean like he can barely yeah. move. I have a, we'll get to that in a minute. His opponent, Bobby Fulton of the Fantastics, coming up to sharp dress man while looking like a stripper. Like yeah, with that's the, a great the stripper like, jacket and the bow tie. Sharp dress man plays as man in underpants and sleeveless jacket with tails and <laughs> Yes. That is not a sharp dress man. No. Also, like no offense, but if you come out to ZZ Top, isn't it required that you have a beard? Isn't that like a required view at this yeah. point? Well, the thing is, is baby faces don't have beards. But ZZ Top is a very baby face sounding very band. Big. Yes. Instant USA chance, which Bobby Fulton does, like, encourage throughout of the course. match. Of course. And you can just tell, yeah, he's like such a Boy Scout, man. Ah. It's not cool. It's just not a cool. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> uh, okay. Ivan does an uh, in-match promo. Like they, like, they have, like, him, like, having comments before the match during the match very weird and I hate that I hate it too like you do it before the match when he's entered it entering the match or not at all don't do it or during the match or you can do it when it's a jobber match but this is your main event of your first show yeah. also he's talking about how he's going to dominate and destroy uh, Bobby Fold as he's getting worked over during the match I don't know if that was a rib or not but it was hilarious <laughs> uh Fulton gets an arm ringer and uh, Ivan, or and Ivan just stands there like he's working the arm and Ivan is just standing there looking bored. He, he's not going to sell. He's, no. he's made that clear early on. Yeah. Also, they mentioned that Ivan Kolov was WWE champion twenty years ago in nineteen seventy one. What the fuck? <laughs> like this guy has been in the business since since before nineteen seventy one. I'm sure he didn't win in his rookie year. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Why is Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, he's got that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, Ron Wright apparently just wheeled himself out at some point to watch the match. Just all of a sudden, yep. like, they cut, and, like, there he is, he's standing there watching. Right there in the aisle. He, well, sitting there. Uh, they go out to the floor, which I actually appreciate. This is the only time the match went out to the floor. They, they, like, any of the matches went to the floor, which plays into the match. Which, well, that'll give him credit for that. Well done booking there. Yes, I agree. So one thing I I did want to point out was there was a backdrop suplex in this match, and I popped. I was like, finally, <laughs> a move with some impact. See, there you go. The, the coordinates booking works. Yeah. It's like you, you pop for the basic shit. Yeah, if you can handle it all, waiting till the very end of the show, <laughs> it'll be worth it. Uh, so they're on the floor, and 
Wright tries to grab Fulton's arm and shake his hand, and Ivy takes over. <laughs> That's part about this is like they didn't. I don't know if they missed time this or anything, but like Koloff is like throwing punches, and he's like trying to shake Fulton's hand. He's like I know you're getting pummeled, but hey, man, shake my hand. So funny. So, so Ivan takes over, whacks Fulton with like two of like the stationary chair. Like they're like not. Chairs that fold up. Like he just grabbed the chair when it's still like extended, and just wax him. Um, no disqualification. What, what, what was that? Yeah, what happened there? Yeah, I didn't understand. Like I don't know. Then I'm just going to business for himself there. With like that's not supposed to happen. Maybe we'll come back to that. Uh, <laughs> right shakes Ivan's hand. Like he like leans against the ropes and shakes his hand or whatever. Uh, Ivan gets a one punch knockout and folds and then pins him. And like the commentary immediately, like, what was in that hand? What was it? Was there something in the hand? <laughs> like immediately, Ed, talking about that. Hmm, I wonder. Uh, Jackie Fulton, uh, Robert or Bobby Fulton's brother comes out, telegraph, like that there's something in the hand. Oh, look, look here it is. They're gonna point to it, and like jumps Ivan Cole and just beats the hell out of like a true baby face, just <laughs> yeah. savagely beats him. Just and then like they're getting like they're double teaming him. Uh, referee <laughs> sees the, the the gimmick and disqualifies Ivan. Okay, so my point is, the match was going to end in disqualification. Ivan used a chair on the floor. You can't make that the disqualification? Yeah. Like, like, I guess you have to get the Consistency, over- please. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Dutch says, Ivan wrestled for 10 minutes. Uh, bullshit. <laughs> I, I, I checked the time. Less than seven. I don't know if that was Dutch trying to just be a heel. Like, how dare they do this to Ivan Koloff? He wrestled for 10 minutes. I think he's just trying to put him over. I know? think so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Vladimir Kozlov, his nephew, comes out to make the big save. Pearl Va- Har- Vladimir Koloff. Koloff. Vladimir Kozlov. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, he Pearl Harbor's Jackie folded from the front. Like, yes, did you see he this? Did. He ran right into like, him. Jackie's winding up for a punch. <laughs> he like slides into the ring and like apparently doesn't notice this giant Russian in the ring as he clobbers him. Uh, and then they get a chain and they hang Jackie Fulton. Yeah, this super violent looking. Super you know? safely though, because like because yeah. like, um, uh, uh, Vladimir's on the floor like holding his legs as he's being showed. But it's like, damn, like they're they're going for it though. But I did appreciate like, okay, at least they went for an angle. Like there's right. a it's a hot angle right. kind of you know, bells or anything, you know, right? right. You know, but no, no referees ran out. It was a little just like, come on, like get the referees and the officials up there to you know try to right. break things up. Right. Uh, eventually, uh, Bobby Fulton like recovers from the punch and like. They, the Russians scurry away to, you know, cause destruction and dismay elsewhere. Elsewhere, yeah, right, right. Backstage, uh, the Russians are fined $500, right? Like, first night we get fines. Boom. Like, again, the kayfabe is strong. I appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. And immediately showing, like, okay, we're serious. We're, and again, I appreciate it's, it's a realistic number. It's not like, we're finding you $7,000. Right. No, 500 bucks. Like, right, yeah. That's believable money for a wrestler to be fined. Absolutely. Especially in 1991. Even now. <laughs> yeah. uh, next week, we're going to get the Fantastics versus the Russians. So that, that's your main event for next week. Um, and then, uh, oh, yes, the, the Fantastics cut another babyface promo, including the line, kick you straight in the booty. I, this was the word I hate. As soon as he cut this promo, I was like, 
I hate you. Like, did you notice the worst? Did you notice Jackie Folden staring directly into the camera? Yeah, he was burning. Like, his eyes were like, burning holes. He in looked me. like a serial killer. And like, Fulton, okay, one thing Fulton says is he calls them commies. Oh, yeah. Like, got it. Got it. And what's best is, like, okay, he puts over America. Wasn't, wasn't the, the the Cold War over in 91? Yes, we were in. Okay, the, yes, well, I'm going to get to this. So Fulton, he calls them commies. He puts over America. Then he puts over fighting Saddam Hussein and compares them to him. as like. You're trying to do this uh, foreigner gimmick, but like you, no one gives a shit about Russia anymore. But it's like, hey, Saddam, he's a real piece of shit, right? <laughs> like, what? The f- and then he yells USA. Like, oh god. god, it's so cringe. It's like you can't get over without putting over the country that you're living in. Yes, of course, people like the country. Uh, and then we go to the credits. And uh, by the way, did you did you watch the credits? Uh, I might have just glazed um, over. They showed it. clips of a match. That we didn't see. They, I think, I think it's the clips <laughs> from next week's show because it was uh, Vladimir and Jackie uh, Fulton working a match during the credits. Oh no! It's, you're showing a match that hasn't aired and it's possibly airing next week. I'm gonna be watching next week to see if they if they do if that's exactly. Yeah, match. I want you. You have to tell. I me will that. find out. <laughs> and thus ends the first episode. Of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's it. That is it. Overall thoughts. Oh, boy. It was, I mean, I hate to say it, but a lot of it was just boring. You know, like, to me, okay, so they we talked a lot about the sports presentation. Yes. Right. And people still talk about, like, they want wrestling to be a sports presentation. And so I'm, I was excited to be like, okay, what does that mean? And I watched this, and it turns out the sport they're talking about is fucking golf, <laughs> or like <laughs> college bowling, or something. Like what? Yeah. It's, there's, it's not exciting, you know. No. Like even in the '80s, the NFL had like music that got you hyped. It was like, oh, that's no. I think that was Law and Order. But anyway, they had the you know got you hyped. Why am I listening to this like? terrible opener the guys aren't excited it's just crank up the heat a little bit that's right. all yeah it's, it definitely needs to be turned up a little bit this was like it felt like this whole show was like at like a five or a four in terms of energy all night mm-hmm. um honestly like the promos in the back were pretty good the foldings i don't i don't get into those guys i don't see they're geeks you can tell i, like I just do not like those are apparently back in like the Back in WCW, like they were a big time definition as the Fantastics. I don't see it. I think that they're they're. Pro- I'm sure they're talented, and I. I'm sure, but like, and I've seen a couple of their matches that have been good. The thing is, is like, they don't. Like I said before, they just don't come off as cool. They're just not right. cool. They're baby faces, and they're kind of like no one came off. It. Who was the coolest guy on this show? Oh, uh, Bob Armstrong. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> Mr. Armstrong, Ron Wright. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I liked the post, the main event, like post match angle. That was pretty well done, I thought. And it, it did give me a reason to like. Okay, that's yeah. enough of a reason to, was, to was watch it. next time. Yeah, but like, I I don't like jobber matches. I've never understood that aspect of wrestling television. It's like, why would I turn in, tune in week after week to watch nobodies get beat by the big stars? Like, where's the appeal to that? And I understand that they're building towards big shows or house shows. They want you to come buy tickets and stuff. And and 
TV was so much different back then. But also, like, give us a couple competitive matches or... There should have been at least one competitive match on the show. And, like, here's the thing is jobbers are meant to make the stars look like killers. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is when you have that many jobbers on a show, it looks like you half of your company are either like nomad guys you picked up because you know their shit or half your roster just sucks yeah you know so one or two jobbers is fine but not four or five you know it's, it's just and two is even too much when you have a one hour 45 minute show or whatever yeah that, that is one thing i'll praise the show it was, it was short it was only an hour long yeah which makes it so much easier to to get through uh commentary was good i like bob cotto i like dutch they were both good mm-hmm. they could uh, they could ramp up the excitement a little bit but i did like them yeah but bob uh he gave me a very gordon Sully feel like very just yeah, classic absolutely. neutral like he's not supposed to be uh, like he's supposed to be just like the, the viewer. Like he, I feel like he would. He sounds like everybody's high school basketball announcer or something. Right. You know, which is fine. You know, yeah. You know, he's the he's the play by play. Dutch is the color. You know? Right. And I'm sure that they'll they'll get more comfortable in their roles. Right. I don't think Dutch does the commentary for very long. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. But Gordon. But uh. uh but uh, Bob sticks around forever. Okay. He's he's there for. Yeah, he's the voice. He's the voice of Smokey Brown. Gotcha. So overall. Not terrible, but it wasn't something that would have hooked me in the day. Absolutely not. Yeah, this especially for like the the debut show, like this did not give me. Uh, besides the the main event angle, like that's the only match I'm kind of like, okay, I'll probably want to watch that next week, but like not like jazz and hook. Like I can't wait to see more. Not feeling it right now. Agreed. So maybe that will change. Maybe it won't. I guess we'll have to keep watching and see what happens. And, yeah, that's the plan. We're going to keep watching until we uh, we can't take it anymore, I guess. Because I, I don't want this to be a hate-watch podcast, you know. My only thing, though, is I want to get to when they do their version of War Games. They and, do a version of War Games, and I want to see that. I'm up for it. Okay. So And also, you know, and then, like, we're, we're, there, there are some stuff I really want to see, like when, when Jericho comes in and when we get Chris Candido. Right, yeah. There's going to be – there's things to look forward to. There's a lot of things to look forward to. But there's also – more Tim Horner in primetime Brian Lee. To hey, I like Horner. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if that lasts. All right. Well, you want to take us home, Luke? Well, I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening, and we will be back shortly with another episode of On Top of Old Smokey for my co-host, the Sultan of Storytelling, Alex Khalil. I am your other co-host, Lukey Libre, and we will talk to you next time on another episode of On Top of Old Smokey.